through our Bibles, uh, Matthew 23. Matthew 23. This is a great chapter from the Bible, how Jesus just uh, kind of went ahead and put those Pharisees in their place. And he rebuked them just up one side and down the other. Hallelujah. And uh, you'll see his mercy. You'll see his compassion towards those that are repentant in sin. But I'll tell you, the religious self-righteous crowd, he didn't give them a whole lot of space to just go on their way. So we want to look at Matthew 23. We've got uh, got something over there like God's put on our hearts. Let's pray. Father, thank you again for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for, Lord, your people just being faithful to you, God. I'm asking you, Lord, to please just help us right now to hear from you. Help us, Lord. Talk to us. Lord, I just yield myself to you. I pray that your word, God, would find fertile soil in the hearts of your people. God, we love you. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Matthew 23, I had verse 11 in my notes, but I just re- just turned back to it. And let's just get the context of this quickly. Matthew 23, verse 1, Then Jesus, then spake Jesus to the multitude and to his disciples, saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So they had the authority at that time. He said, So all therefore whatsoever they bid you observe, that ye observe and do, but do not after their works. How sad is that? That is not a good idea. I've heard people say, you know, uh, do what I say, not as I do. You know, I, I know what's right, but don't follow my example. That's sad and pathetic. We ought to be living a life that is an example to those if we're going to open our mouth and say it. And observe, do it, but do not after their works, for they say and do not. For they bind heavy burdens and grievous to be borne and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not move them with one of their fingers. They're pretty tough when they point out what others should be doing, but they don't look at their own self and what they should be doing. But all their works they do for to be seen of men. They make broad their phylacteries and enlarge the borders of their garments. And those were uh, observations of the law that God had given in the Old Testament to show that you're one of his. But they would make those uh, different straps that they used to put the word of God on between their eyes and on their forearms. And, and they'd make them big and broad so everybody could see who they were. But they weren't living it in their hearts. And they love, listen to this, they love the uppermost feast, rooms at the feast, chief seats in the synagogues. Look at me, I'm so important. Greetings in the market and be called of men, rabbi, rabbi, but be not called rabbi, for there's one master, even Christ, and you're all brethren. Call no man father upon the earth, for one is your father which is in heaven. Neither be ye called masters, for one is your master, even Christ. But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. And whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased. And he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. God bless you. You can be seated. There is a lot. Well, let me just make a very, very obvious statement. There's a whole lot in this Bible. Amen. There's a lot of things that are important in this Bible. And it's interesting to see just what we think is important is being Christians. What we like to pat ourselves on the back. You know, don't hurt yourself trying to give yourself a 
credit for being so great as a Christian. But what is most important is to find out what Jesus said is great. Now listen, I'm not trying. A lot of times people have this idea, and it's very common, just the way people think, that you know, when you start saying, hey, this is really great, and oh, you don't think this is important. No, no, not at all. A lot of important things about living for God. You don't have to diminish one to be strong in another. I know a lot of times we get this idea, people, I heard somebody fussing about, you know, family and what comes first and, and, and who gets the most love. And love isn't like that, that you have to take it from somebody. Here, I don't have enough to give to your mother. Give that to me. <laughs> or, hey, we, our, our children really need some, some, some love. You know, I, I'm going to have to hurt your feelings to love. No, that's not the way love is. People get very offended. When you start talking about letting God be God in your life and let him be a first in your life, as if loving God is somehow going to take away from loving your family, it actually enhances it. I can't imagine what kind of shape I would be in and how I would even be able to love properly if it wasn't for God in me. And there are so when we talk about greatness in the kingdom of God, It's kind of like what Jesus said when he was talking about the Pharisees later on in this chapter. He said, you, you, you're very particular, very meticulous when you tithe even your herbs that in your garden, you're, you're, uh, you're being very careful that one out of every 10 leaves is going to be given as an off, as tithes to, and, uh, but you know what? You've, you've omitted the weightier matters of the law. And he said, you ought to, do the one and not let the other undone. So he's not taking away from anything. So let me be very clear that most likely some of the things that you find very important in your identity as a Christian are, are very important. But oh, how important it is when we realize we're going to stand before God. And, and, and it's not so much when I look in the mirror and say, well, you know what? You're pretty great. And here's why you're so great, you know, and, and here's the qualifications that you have of greatness. And you know what? I'm so much better than this one. I start sounding like a Pharisee. That one that came to the, to the altar and said, I'm so glad I'm not like this publican, this sinner near me. So when we start looking at ourselves as great, what we so often do is compare ourselves among ourselves. The Bible says that's not wise, but we look and say, well, I'm better at this than them, and I'm, I'm stronger at this than them. And, and again, very sad, very, very poor way of judging yourself. So important that if we're going to recognize that we're, we're serving God, that what we're doing this for Him, we, we're living our lives for Him. Amen? That we better find out what he thinks is great. If I go before God and I offer to him what I think is great and say, you know what, I've been doing pretty good in this area. If you notice, maybe other people around me, I'm not mentioning any names over here, but you know, they're not, they're not as advanced in this area of faithfulness as I am. And it's going to be very important to find out what God says is great. We do this. We do this. And, and there's things that we, we look at our lives and say, I want to grow in and I want to learn. And 
there's things that we 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 look at maybe not so so uh so wrong to be able to say you know this is just something i'm i'm glad god's helped me with and i'm getting this down and i i hope i can keep on growing in this area but the bible says that this is the spirit of christ in us the holy ghost is him it's who he is and he fills us with his spirit we need to look at what what his character is what his nature is and 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 look at his teachings and say what not only what did he say is great but what do we see him spending his time on mostly certainly we see it here in other places in the word where it says the greatest among you shall be your servant who can deny that Jesus came with a servant's heart that his whole mission was to leave the glory that made Solomon's temple look like a hut. That makes the celebrities of this day look like, like bums. That heaven and the glory of the king of kings would see our need and know what it took. And the Bible says, I believe in the book of Philippians, that he humbled himself unto the death of the cross. To suffer the shameful humiliation. To lower himself, to condescend to men of low degree is what he tells us to do. That almighty God would humble himself and meet the need that was in me. How often do we talk about the price that he paid and it just rolls off the tongue and we can just move on to other things we're talking about. But think about the price he paid Think about the glory that he left to dwell among us, to be hated, to be despised, to feel the, the weakness of flesh, and then to, to suffer the, the wrongful accusations and the, the mockery of a trial, and to suffer the pain of the cross, the pain of the lashes on his back, the pain of the, the nails in his hands and feet, the pain of the crown of thorns and the spear in his side for me, for you. To recognize that, that he was a servant. He did it all for us. Amen. Matthew 20, verse 25. Back a few pages, I'm sure, in your Bible. Matthew 20, verse 25 is the passage we're probably familiar with for the most part of the disciples having a conversation that... that uh, in some ways seems quite silly. In, in, in one way, it, it probably, like a lot of things, started off innocent enough. I, I want to be great. I, wanna, I, I don't want to just go through the motions. I don't want to just be average and mediocre. I, I want to be the greatest I can be for God. And somebody else is saying, you know what, that's good. That's good. We need to do everything we can and we need to, 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 to be everything that God has called us to be and not just, not just playing games, but, but I, I want to grow in this and I want to, I, I want to be great for God too. But what should have been inspiring, sharpening iron, sharpening iron turned into a, to a competition, which doesn't belong in God's kingdom, doesn't belong in church. Amen. It got to who's greater. Well, I, I think it's great that you want to be so great. And, and, and uh, you know, I, I kind of, but I'm the one who said this. And it kind of seems like, 
You just want to be great because I want to be great. No, 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 that's not the case. I was thinking this before you ever said it. I've always wanted to be great. I've been thinking about this all week. And quite honestly, you know, I, I kind of think maybe, maybe you're doing good. Man, you're doing good. I mean, you know. But I, I think I'm, I'm really on my way. Did you hear what Jesus said to me before? Oh, you know what? That's, that, that's funny. You know, I was, I, I was thinking you're doing pretty good too, but not really. And after a while, they start saying, who's greatest? Can I, can you be great and I be great too? Sure. Yeah, but somebody's got to be the greatest. Jesus called unto them in verse 25 and said, you know that the princes of the Gentiles, he's talking about basically those outside the kingdom of God, the world, all right? Worldly thinking, not kingdom of God thinking, not his thinking. He said they exercise dominion or authority over them and they that are great exercise authority upon them. So the great ones have power and in the world might makes right. But he said, not so in my kingdom. I don't want to really spend a lot of time about this uh, bickering and fussing that comes across so poorly. But I do want to tell you that God in his word is very clear that the bottom line is not, let's not be competing with one another, envious of one another. It's there, but that's not the main point. The main point is we can be great for God. We can take all the things that we have and that we know, all the, the, this great salvation that is given to us and, and his gifts and that he has placed in us. And there is a way. He didn't say, hey, don't worry about that. He said, let me tell you how to be great. Whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Even as the son of man. Here it is. Here's the example. He said, even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto. It's not about what people do for you. It's not what you get. It's what you give. It's not what you have. It's what you give. Amen. The son of man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Here is the key. We, uh, in, in church, we use the terminology about worldliness. And, and usually when you think about worldliness, you think about a kind of a style and an attitude and maybe the music that you listen to, the entertainment that, that has no, no real kingdom of God value. It's not going to edify you, but it's going to pull you into things that, that really are dark and negative and contrary to to god and all that is godly amen but sometimes folks that understand that and try to be very separate forget the idea that one of the most worldly aspects of the world one of the most ungodly aspects of the world is how we place ourselves amongst our peers how we how we realize hey I see problems around me and I see people that are doing wrong and they, they've got, they've got all kind of things they need to work on. And, and we stop there because we're so great in our 
idea of what is great. I'm better than that one. I'm holier than that one. I'm, I, I, I pray more than that one. And I, and I give more than that one. And are you helping that one be better? Amen. It's not so much that you have these qualifications, but in those qualifications, are you able to bring somebody up a notch or two? It's not enough to, to point out the flaws and, and to make yourself feel better. It sounds so, so immature, so childish, but yet that, that immaturity is, is found in a lot of people that have been Christians for a long time. They're, they're, they're quick to make sure everybody knows I see the problem and I see what the, and, and that never, never stop and say, Hey, that one that, that needs that help the most. Ah, you, you talk different about them if you're really praying for them. Amen. You, you wouldn't. You'd be excited to, to see any glimmer or any shade of uh, of uh, of hope that they're going the right directions if you're really praying for them. And, and praying and looking for an opportunity to serve, to help, to be a blessing, is what makes a difference between what Jesus calls is great or not. Amen. Hallelujah. Look in John the thirteenth chapter. John thirteen. I hope that you would consider yourself or that you're at least striving. That word striving is one of those words that people say and don't really even think about the meaning. It's, uh, you know, where a pastor <laughs> loses friends because people say, you know what, I'm, I'm not perfect, but I'm striving. And you stop saying, oh, yeah, what do you, how are you striving? What do you mean by that? <laughs> don't just say you're not perfect and justify that by saying, I'm trying. How are you trying? What are we doing to get better? What are we doing until we don't do that anymore? Because that is hurting you, hurting others. Amen. Sin does that. It has, there are wages to sin. So if I'm striving, let me, let me really be striving. Taking very specific actions to, to do better. Amen. Jesus said in John 13, we're going to talk about this a little bit, then get back to it. John 13, 12. So after he had washed their feet, we're kind of coming in the middle of this, but Jesus is getting ready to, to suffer and die on the cross. He's getting ready to, to be that supreme sacrifice, that, that, that fulfillment of the suffering servant. And before he does that, he, he does something extraordinary as a leader. He he starts to just change clothes into the uh, the clothing of a servant. Somebody that was there, they would have someone who would would help at times to because of the dusty roads and how they wore their sandals, and there'd be someone there to to help wash the feet of people who are coming into the house. And Jesus takes a towel and gets down low and begins to wash each one of their feet. What are you doing? This is who I am. This is who I am. This is, this is the heart of what I do. Amen. It's not, a, a not a, about just saying, coming as the law and said, thou shalt not and the soul that sinneth shall die. That's what the law said. But Jesus came with truth and grace. 
What the law could not do in the fact that it thundered down from the, from the mountain that this is the holiness, this is righteousness, this is truth. Hey, you got to know it. But Jesus came to, to put in the work and to do what needed to be done to get us where we need to go. So he said, he gets up from washing their feet and sits down again and says unto them, Know ye what I have done to you? They are more than likely just blown away by this. They're seeing Jesus and they, they're still not really understanding. They're still leaning to their own understanding about who the Messiah would be, who the Christ would be. They're, they're, they're really kind of waiting for him to get on a throne after a while, after he drives the Romans out of town. And now he's, he's getting down and washing their feet. And they must be, some of them probably looking at one another, eyes wide open, maybe mouth hanging open. Some of them just back, hanging their head. I, don't, I should have done this. this he's, I feel terrible. I should have washed his feet. I, I should be the one that. And he asked him, he said, do you know what I did? Do you understand what I did to you? Listen, listen. Verse 13. You call me master and Lord and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. There's room here to think that, wait a minute, where are we going with this, brother? That's a little straight. But listen, this is such a beautiful picture of the kind of heart we ought to be. That that The dirt that's on my brother's feet. <laughs> you know what? I... I have a hard time, enough time getting used to the dirt on my own feet, let alone worrying about somebody else's feet. But he said, that's what I did for you. You ought to do for one another. Yeah. Now, obviously, there's a bigger picture than just, you know, what's between your toes. <laughs> there's something here that's going on that recognizes there's somebody that needs my help. And it's going to be uncomfortable, praise God, maybe. But I'm, I, I'm not here to, to criticize and condemn and feel good about myself that at least I'm not... Like that, but how can I have a servant's heart and help those that need help? It's one thing to help people that that make you comfortable. That's easy. That's kind of, but but when there's truly a need for cleaning, amen, there's truly a need. This was not some kind of ceremony like we have done already, haven't done it for a while, and you know, where, where you, you know, make sure your feet are nice and clean and everything's fine before we, you know, have a foot washing service where we, it, there's a lot more to it than that. And that's why we really don't do it that much because it's, it's the idea of, uh, of recognizing there's needs and that you come to church with a servant's heart, all your gifts, all your strengths, all that God's done in your life, all equips you. If it's from God, and if you will let it not take you into a place of self-righteousness to be a blessing and a help and meet the needs of those around you, amen, that have a really hard time doing it on their own. Look what it says. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that I, you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. Neither he that is sent greater 
than he that sent him. If you know these things, hear this now, if you know these things, praise God. You understand what I'm telling you. Happy are ye if you do them. I'm telling you today that for a child of God, there is nothing more satisfying than not just knowing you're saved and knowing God sees you, how special you are, and knowing that you are strong in some areas, but God is now taking that strength that he's put in you and that blessing of a gift that he's put in you, and God reaches down into his toolbox, and God says, you're useful to me. And you surrender and let yourself be a blessing to somebody. 1 Corinthians 12. I want to talk about for a little bit before we just wrap this up. I want to talk about some very specific things as, as a pastor that's, that I believe that we quoted the other day from um, Ephesians. It talks about the ministry um, perfecting the saints for the work of the ministry. We want to see more done for the kingdom of God. Amen. I said, we want to see more done for the kingdom of God. And it's not enough to sit back and say, hey, look at me. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not like this world. I'm better. And I've, hey, you ought to be better. Amen. Sure, you ought to be better than what you were. But, but not to stick, stick your head up in the air and your nose up high and say, I'm better than that one. Help us, Lord. There's a, there's a lot of things that hold us back. There's a lot of things that... That we need to recognize and see, God, I, I don't want to, all that you have done in me just be like a Pharisee. 1 Corinthians 12, verse 14. For the body is not one member, but many. But look, listen to this. There's a lot of different things in this chapter that are so, so good. Just so useful. So, uh, so just... Helpful to us. But it says, if the foot shall say. Now, how many understand that our feet are pretty important? They're, they're pretty valuable if you want to stand, if you want to move around. And not saying you can't stand or move around without feet, but it sure does help. If they're there and they're working. Amen. But if the foot says, because I am not the hand, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the foot looks at the hand and says, I think the hand is more important than I am, and look at all the, what the hand does, you know what, I, I don't think I'm even a part of the body because I, I just constantly see that hand working. And Does that mean it's not useful? Does that mean it's not part of the body? Of course not. It goes on and says the ear. How important are our ears? But you know what? It's not the eye. The ear is not the eye. And it sounds so silly that the ear would get an inferiority complex because all it sees is what the eye does. If the whole, if the ear shall say, because I am not the eye, I'm not the body. Is it therefore not of the body? Fact of the matter is, this does not seem like a real hard statement to swallow, but for some people it is the stumbling block that causes them to never really grow in God and sometimes just really just fall away from God because you got to tell the ear, listen, you are so good at hearing, but you can't see very well. Why, why is this a deal? You hate me! <laughs> you're against me. I, I hear what you're saying. I, uh, 
listen, when you are going to be a servant, you got to find out what you're good for, what you're good at, and start working on that, and start using that, and start start every chance you get that you just go ahead and hear really, really good. And let the seeing go to the eye and be really excited for the eye. Because the eye really is going to help you a lot. And if you get yourself right where you need to be, you're going to help that eye. Listen, sometimes it just seems like, you know, everybody, you know, we could have this conversation. I hear you guys. I hear you loud and clear as the ear. (laughs) Oh, trust me, I can hear you. Nobody wants to lose their sight. I hear you guys talking on the job. What be the worst thing that happened? And you always say, going blind. Nobody cares if you hear or not. So the eye has always got the credit. They always get the attention. Right? You're not an eye. Don't sweat it. Don't sweat it. Be a really good ear. You say, well, I, I feel like I could be hearing better. Pray about that. Look for opportunities. Don't, don't, uh, the, the foot is, you know what? It just seems like people uh, are always impressed by the, by the hand. And, and I just don't even think I'm important at all. That's kind of the idea you get when you read 1 Corinthians 12. That really, if you really got a revelation, an understanding of how God's kingdom works, it's not about uh, comparing yourself to the hand or to the eye, but it's, you know what? Hey, hear this now. How can I help the eye? How can I support the eye? How can I compliment the eye? How can I be excited about the eye? Because we're all getting the job done together. I'm not in a competition with the eye or with the hand or with the foot that we can build a team that is excited because when the hand wins, we all win. Amen. Amen. When we don't recognize that the whole idea is, can we win souls? Can we see revival? Can we see somebody blessed and helped and set free? And you know, who gets the credit? Jesus gets the credit. Paul talked about it in 1 Corinthians, the very beginning of the chapter. He comes to them and says, you know, I I wish you were grown up, but you really, i got to talk to you like babies because you know what? You think uh, Paul's more important than Peter or Peter's more important than Apollos or some of you say, oh, you know, I follow Jesus. But none of you really realize that we're all working together for him. And one might plant, another might water, but God gives the increase. Hallelujah. All that goes into somebody talks about winning souls and I want to be a soul winner. Hey, that's great. But you know what? Usually it's not just one person that does that. One invites. Somebody else prays. Somebody else might witness. Somebody else gives a Bible study. Somebody else may uh, pray with them at the altar. And on and on and on we can go. And God gets the glory. Amen. Can you just do your part and be excited about it? Can you just do your part and see that God is working in you and and, and let God and, and when you're faithful right there at what God has placed you to do, you know what? He'll open doors. He'll work and, and just just give up that whole idea that says, wait a minute, I'm not important if I'm not doing this, this, this or this. If God's got that in your in your future, you be faithful and God will open those doors. Amen. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? 
if the whole hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God, now hath God set the members, every one of them in the body as it hath pleased him. Bottom line is, God, I've got to, I've got to go back and say, God, you had your hand in what you've done and where you put me. And I'm going to get excited about that. Amen. I'm going to get excited about that. I'm going to, I'm going to, you made me. Praise God. You made me. I could put this in here. Made you a man or made you a woman. Live, live for God. Find out what God, whether you're single, whether you're married. Hey, love God first. Amen. He gets, uh, he gets number one focus. And after that, where's my part in my home, in my family, in, in, in who I am? Be, be everything God's made you to be. And don't be like those cows over there trying to stretch over the fence God put in your life. Amen. It's always, it's always greener over there. Amen. Something better over there. Just be excited about today where God puts you and pray and you start living for God. There'll be something fulfilling right there. And God, you say, oh, I just feel like God's got more. I don't doubt it one bit. Just be excited about where you are and do real good there. And God, nothing can stop you. Nothing can stop you. Second Timothy, second chapter. Number one, what are your gifts? What are you good at? Well, that's where you start. Let other people inspire you. Praise the Lord. What a great conversation that would have been with the disciples. I want to be great. You know that's awesome. You want to be great makes me want to be great. You're so great. And you bring out the best in me. Oh, I could say that about you too, buddy. Don't just inspire one another. Amen. Second Timothy 2. If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor, sanctified, and meet for the master's use. Second Timothy 2.21. Sorry. Sanctified. Somebody say sanctified. sanctified. Cleaned up. Meet for the master's use. Can you imagine? In my mind, I think about maybe a... Uh, you know, maybe in the kitchen, I was going to maybe in an operating room or something, something, there's a job that needs to be done. And there you are ready. I, I know what needs to be done and I, I can help. I can help. We're going to get this done. Hey, uh, can you lend a hand and you put your hand? Oh, can you clean that first? Because you want to make a bigger mess. Amen. The Bible says to be a vessel, meet or suitable for the master's use and prepared. You want God to use you? He's got to clean your vessel first. Amen. That shouldn't be a problem for anybody. Amen. We, we first have to be saved. We first have to be a part of this sanctification process. God, help me to get out everything that's going to not only hurt me and hurt the people around me, because sin does that. Whether you like it or not, it's going to happen. But also, it's going to get in the way of being useful. Because if you're one thing in church and another thing outside of church, I'm not just saying this. I've seen it happen. Oh, I really thought they were Christian. I really thought they were strong in God. I I heard. I saw something. Oh, wow. Hey, we all have struggles. We all have problems. But to be useful, you've got to consider your 
Your testimony. It does matter. It does matter. You know, the Bible talks about not only the ministry, but the help, the deacons. It, it gives qualifications for deacons. For those, you look up that word deacon, it's, it's somebody who works with the church, somebody that ministers, somebody that serves. And we all ought to have a servant's heart. It's not just, hey, I feel like being used. I feel like I want to. No, you've got to have a life that is above reproach. People are going to judge Jesus, judge the church, judge uh, people because of you and how faithful you are, how reliable you are, what you're like outside. Amen. There are qualifications to, you know, something that probably we need to spend a lot more time on. And I'm not trying to discourage anybody, but, uh, you know, to help and to be a blessing in the house of God. You know, at times we got to pray for one another. We lay hands on the sick and on those that need the Holy Ghost. If you're not walking with God or, or you don't have the Holy Ghost or, or, or you're still struggling with some things, you're not going to be able to impart something you don't have. So we need to be careful with that. We need to be really careful that it's not just, hey, that's pretty neat. I want to do that too. No, wait a minute. There's more to it than that. There's a lot more to it. You're going to impart what you have. And that laying on of hands is exactly what that that is. It's it's an impartation of the gifts of God that are in us. So uh, we need to understand that. It's not just, hey... I love Jesus like everybody loves Jesus, and I can feel God like you can feel God. Yeah, but do you have victory? Because if you don't have victory, work on getting victory. Amen. Are, are you walking with God? Are you, are, are you in agreement with God? Are you, are you standing with him? Amen. Because, because that's going to that's gonna matter. Praise God. The Bible says that we have a vessel that needs to be sanctified that means it would be made holy or cleansed and needs to be meat for the master's use do you you understand that 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 you can in effect have a gift from god but not be suitable to be used because you're not prepared there's preparation there's learning there's there's equipping that that uh you know uh even as a child that you're going to see hey they're going to they're going to be a help and they're 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 going to be a blessing and they got to have to learn some things maybe they need to learn how to do some dishes but hey wait a minute wait a minute wait a minute mommy's going to uh do the the butcher knife for now okay but after a while you're going to learn how to do that too and i'm going to walk in the other room and let you take care of the whole business but right now you got you got some preparation Amen. Got some learning to do. Not all son, the, the power tools, they're all going to be useful for you when you learn how to use them. When you learn how to use them in a way that's not going to that I'm not going to be scared to death of you. <laughs> that you're not going to make a bigger mess than a, than the help that you want to be. I can do it. Hand me the chainsaw. It looks like so much fun. One day. One day you will. But uh, it'd be dangerous until you get some strength and some understanding and, and learn how to keep it clean. Amen. Learn how to maintain your vessel. Amen. One more in First uh, Corinthians 4. Talk about what are you good at? Are you useful? Can I tell you what? Uh, 
If I come in from being outside working in the yard or hunting or fishing or something like that, and I say, "Hun, I want to help you chop some onions for dinner. Hey, you're not useful to me right now. <laughs> Go get cleaned up. Amen. That's, uh, that's smart. Oh, see how mean she is to me. See how mean she treats me. She said I was dirty. Well, you are. Just get, get cleaned up. Amen. Just there, there's sink in the water. Don't whine and mope about it. Oh, she hurt my feelings. Shouldn't have told me a filthy hog. Don't she? And oh, just go get cleaned up and come back. You're not a filthy hog and start helping. We want your help. Amen. Well, praise God. I'm digging a hole for myself, I think. If not with you, with her. First Corinthians 4, verse 2. I told you that here recently that this context is talking about ministry, that God calls the ministry to be a steward of his kingdom. It's his gospel. It's his church. It's his word. Amen. So the ministry is just a servant that takes God's things and, and is faithful with them. But every one of us has been given a part of what God wants to do. So we all, in effect, need to recognize that if God wants to work through us, we need to be faithful. We need to be faithful. This kind of goes back to what I started saying earlier. One thing in church, another thing out of church. One thing when things are good, another thing when things are going bad. Listen to me. That is... Uh, it would never fly on, on a, for anything. You, you need to be reliable. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. What does that mean, double-minded? It means that my situations and my circumstance can change my stand on what I'm thinking today and how I, uh, how, how I, I talk about God's kingdom and God's church and, and how, how yesterday I said everything is amazing and awesome, but today, you know what, I think everything is rotten and wrong and there's problems. There's always problems, but we're working towards solutions. Reliable in our understanding of the vision. Listen to me, if we're going to do God's work, we've got to have an understanding of what the purpose of, of every part of every service is. And that when we understand, what are we really going for in a prayer meeting? What are we really, really looking for and during worship? What are we really looking for in the preaching or in the response of the preaching? What are we really trying to take with us? And maybe around the altar when somebody's seeking God, somebody needs a healing. What, are we, what is the vision for what we're trying to accomplish? And are you, are you in the middle of that? Do you want to be a part of that? And, and is that going to change if maybe you didn't get enough sleep? If maybe you, you know, hallelujah, I'm, I may have had a, I'm, you, I'm being sarcastic. I may have had a problem or two with my children at times, you know, and whatever heartache or things that needed straightened up before church, I can't come in here and say, you know what, I'm so, I'm so mad at those children <laughs> that, uh, I'm just so mad at them, I'm going to take it out on you. So I'm mad. So what, what did you do? Nothing. Nothing. But I'm mad. So I'm mad. I'm mad. I'm mad. doesn't matter who's in front of me. You're getting it too. That, that's, that's not useful to the kingdom of God. Are there times where it's tougher for me than it is at other times? Of course, absolutely. Do you come to church struggling? Of course you do. But we struggle together and we struggle with purpose. Amen. 
We, we need to be reliably. You know, one of the things that, that I want to bring across even tonight as we take this maybe not so much a further, but, but kind of look at the other side of the coin, so to speak, of it with churches. You know, one of the things I hear so often is thank God for these people in this church that are just so Christ-like and so warm and friendly and helpful. That needs to be reliable. There's nothing that hurts more than when you, oh, look at this person. I don't know them too much, but, but they're, so, they, they're just so real and genuine, and I feel the love. What happened? Did I do something? What do you mean? Well, they, they didn't seem like, hello? You can still be friendly, reliably friendly to God's people. Because the bottom line, this isn't uh, about personality. This isn't about what uh, Melvin Flosser appreciates. This is, these are God's children. And part of, of being a church is, is to build up and edify and strengthen. And, and, and that sometimes that is really inconvenient from what I'm going through in my schedule. But I've got to be mature enough to be able to say, I can handle that. God help me to be a blessing to the church. Fourth response. I want to be positive about God. I want to be able to glorify him, give him glory, worship him. Tell people how great he is no matter what I'm going through. Amen. I, I, I want to be faithful as a steward. That, that nothing that I face is going to make me come up here or, or, or be with you later after service and say, I guess God's all right. I guess he's fine. You don't understand what, he's, what I'm going through. Yeah, no, no, he's great. He's always great. Amen. He's amazing no matter what. Amen. To be a faithful steward, to... To recognize that God and people, it's just what I'm going through. That doesn't change a thing because I'm a servant. I'm a servant. I, I want to help God and God's kingdom and God's people. And, and, and that doesn't play into to what I'm going through. And there's going to be times where I'm struggling and maybe it's, it's more than I can bear. And, and it may just be. Listen, let me say this. It may just be. I preached about this a little while ago, just knowing um, really what Brother Epley went through when he lost his wife. And there, there may just be a time. I'm not just telling you I can always just get up here no matter how bad I'm hurting and just, just go on. I, I might need your help to understand. I don't think that's unreasonable. I don't think it's unreasonable to say, you know what? I'm really struggling right now. I need just somebody to help me. I'm not going to be angry with you. I'm not going to take it out on you. I'm not going to shake my fist at God. That's none of that. I just, just need help. Amen. Thank God up until this point, everything that I've faced, everything I've gone through is just, it just been able to, but let me just say being faithful doesn't mean you're always the strong one. It just means if we struggle, we struggle together. It means if we're, if we're hurting, you can be hurting. Just, just don't hurt others because because this is God's kingdom and it's so valuable to God. Let me let me say this in closing. I think about this probably every day. Every day I think about the church and I think about God's kingdom and how valuable it is to God. I don't think we recognize just what it really means, what, what it, the importance of it. I think we say it, but do we really understand that in this last day so full of just trouble and hurting people and People that are bound, people that are that need Jesus. And God's called you not only to be saved, but to be a part of the the work 
the only thing that's going to help the souls is what God has put in you and in me and us. That's God's work. That's God's work. You read this Bible and you see that Jesus said, upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This is God's. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, whatever your goals are in life, this is what God is doing to save, to help, to heal, to deliver. And he's got you to be a part of it. How exciting to build that up by having a servant's heart and saying, God, use me. Lord, I want to serve. I want to, I want to do what I can. I want to be that part. Is the greatest thing that I believe humanity can rise to, to be a part of helping God do what he wants to do with this world he's created. But to hurt it in some way, to hinder it some way, to put more pressure on it in some way. God help people. God help people see that Jesus bled and died to have not only us saved, but us helping others get saved. And if me on my worst day can uh, brings brings baggage and and, and a, a load to the to the preacher or to the saints of God to make it harder for us to do God's work. What's God going to do? What's God going to do? I'm trying to save people. I want to I want to help this this world get get as much of a chance to be saved as they ever can have. Don't get in God's way. Build it up, strengthen it. And if you do these things, Jesus is happy are you? That real fulfillment is when you get this, get get outside of yourself and say, "How can I be a blessing?" Little things. Little things throughout your day that take you in a direction of having the heart of a servant is so great in the sight of Almighty God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want to be great for God. I don't want to be lukewarm. Some of you, I know it's your prayer. And I know God hasn't even begun to do in you what he's going to do. But some of these principles that I'm giving you today, remember, it's to be a servant. Start right where you are. Look. Look at yourself. And start to really say, God, I want to be suitable. to be used by you. But then start right there with your own life, with your own walk with God and then begin to look at those around you. Your family and your friends. Are you helping them be saved? Are you building them up? Because that's what the kingdom of God is about. Your friends need Jesus. You want to help them get away from sin. You want to help them repent of sin. Your neighbors, the people you care about. Help them know Jesus. Help them help them see Jesus in you. A life that says, 
He satisfies me. He fulfills me. It's not enough to look at somebody else whose sins aren't your sins and say, you know what? They really need help. I got to start with me and be an example. I got to start with me and be everything God's called me to be and then start looking for opportunities around me. Jesus said it there in the first chapter of Acts. Start in Jerusalem. That's your hometown. That's right where you are. That's right where you live. That's those people around you. Be a blessing. Be a help. Serve. Serve with the gifts that God's given you. Help somebody. Build them up. See somebody weak. Don't don't laugh at them. Build them up. You see somebody hurting. Don't point a finger. Build them up. Let them see what Jesus did in you. You do that to others. Do it in your home. Do it with on your job. Oh, hallelujah. That's what the church is for. That's what the church is all about. Serving others. Building them up. Oh, hallelujah. Let's, let's pray. Let's find a place to talk to the Lord. God, here I am. I want to be a servant for you. I want to serve others. struggling they come to church 
looking for help, looking for answers. How we all need to be that help. How we all need to be that one that can say a kind word. Take a few minutes. Take a few minutes to be that friend. To be that one that has empathy. Cares about the needs of the people around them. You're going through a lot. We're facing a lot of pressure in these days. But God's spirit, God's power in us is greater. We can be overcomers and still do the work God's called us to be. We don't need to just hold on by our fingernails, just hardly hardly hanging in there, just trying to be saved. But he said, happy are ye when you do these things. Start being a blessing and a help to everybody around you. Be a strength to them. Encourage somebody. That's what we need. I told somebody here as we get ready to close. Some of the most important people in this world, they're not kings, they're not great leaders, they're just folks that know how to encourage people. Because when the end comes and you're getting ready to leave this world, it's those people that build you up and gave you strength and courage to go on another day that matter more than anybody. It's not your favorite celebrity, it's not your favorite star, but it's the people that were friends when things were hurting, the people that helped you when you were struggling. Those are the most important people in the world. When it comes down to the very end and you see what was really valuable. Be. Be that friend. Be that encouragement. Be that servant with the heart of Jesus. Let's all stand again, Lord. We thank you. We thank you for your presence here. We thank you, Lord, for so much, Lord, that you've helped us with today. God, I pray you take us with, take it with us. Lord, apply it to our hearts, God. Mold us and shape us to have this great heart of a servant. And Lord, I pray you bless your people. Lord, I pray, God, you just continue to work in them and through them. Keep us safe, Lord, as we travel and keep us in health and heal those that are sick. We thank you for it, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. God bless you.